Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time and some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present traditional custodians of this land of the Gold Coast. We thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. Welcome to this episode of the Sport Shack. <laughs> I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. Hi there, Glenn. Hey, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Good to have this cooler weather around. It is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the rain's annoying me a bit, but... Oh, you reckon? I'd yeah, oh, just the on and off rain, you know. Oh, but compared to the humidity we had a few yeah. days ago, that was really... Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the yeah. rain and the winds, are, when when they're combined, it's not fun, but... Yeah. Yeah, I went to Rebel a few weeks ago and got a $100 jacket, rain jacket. Yeah. So I hope I don't lose this one. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> yeah. umbrellas just annoy the hell out of me. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. Amount, the amount of times you see them just breaking those without hardly any wind. Oh, yeah. 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 So, what, what's been happening? Yeah, just sorting that stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just dealing with day by day. Yeah. Situation that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh. Gee, they're giving Djokovic a bit of a serving on Facebook. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they call him Novaks. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, apparently uh, the French the French aren't going to let him go and play in the French Open now. That's yeah. my mail. Yeah. Yeah, because he's unvaccinated. Yeah. Just an imbecile, eh? Yeah. So, yeah, he's a big loser of the week. <laughs> he yeah. has been for the last <laughs> month or so, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but my massive loser too is the uh, Australian tennis. Yeah. Yeah, how they tried to go through all these loopholes and cover-ups to try and get him to play. Yeah. You know, allow him to play. Yeah. And, you know, they just sweep it under the carpet. Yeah. Yeah, whenever, you know, this Craig Tiley is ahead of Australian tennis every time he's interviewed, he's worse than a politician, just won't answer the questions. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he needs to go on the spot, you know. Just uh, disgraceful what they've done and, yeah, just because you're rich and famous doesn't give you... That's right. You know, yeah. power over everyone. Because if... Yeah, people went to his the his country. Mm. They would have to buy by their laws. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, off, uh, yeah well, off, I think it's going to get the stage where he is he's going to have to get vaccinated. Yeah, because like he's one win away from claiming, you know, the the all time Grand Slam record. Yeah, and you know, like <laughs> unless they go and. I, don't, I can't see them holding a uh, Grand Slam tournament in Serbia in yeah. the near future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So, no, it definitely opens it up for the men's title, yeah. the Australian Open this year. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Ash Barty, she was down to have a – well, it was all all geared up for a fourth-round in, encounter with Naomi Osaka. Yeah. But she's gone, Naomi Osaka. Yeah. yeah. yeah got knocked out last night. Mm. Mm, big upset. Yeah, no, we, we, I, I get to lose – I now get to watch less TV because we brought an early birthday present for Maddie. Yeah. PS4. So. Oh, yeah. I bet <laughs> she's having a good time with that. Yeah. <laughs> I drove all the way down to Cash Converters down at Killingate to buy a copy of Doom. Yep. A game I used to play back in the, when it first came out on PC. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I've never never played those PS games, you know. Yeah. Never. Yeah. yeah, I used to play with, like, on Doom, with Doom when it came out on PC mm. at, at a friend's place. He had about three computers that were hooked up, so yeah. we were able to play multiplay yeah. in the one room. Well, it's basically a sport now. Yeah. The, um, Gaming. They've yeah. even thought about bringing it, bringing it into the Olympics. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about the Rubik's Cube? They should bring that in as well. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was one thing I had no idea about. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, when they brought it in, they had all the different shapes, remember? Uh, yeah. the Rubik's Cube, Snake and yeah, all yeah, sorts of yeah, stuff, didn't yeah, they? Like a circle and a, yeah. I mean a yeah, a ball and oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, another big loser for me is um the koala bears of world cricket, India. Yeah. And the way they carried on when South Africa, who are one of my big winners of yeah. the week. Yeah. yeah, South Africa um beat them in the test series. Oh, yeah. So it was in South Africa, yeah. three tests. Uh, India easily won the first test. So you're just thinking, you know, oh, India are going to steamroll them. Yeah. Yeah, South Africa came back and won the next two tests and won the series. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, on the, um, in the third test, yeah, there was an LBW decision yeah. that went against India when they were bowling. And, you know, they use the, the technology to track, you know, the ball tracker, yeah. which is, I'll call it Nostradamus. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it didn't go their way. Like, it, it looked out, but, you know, the um, technology said it was going way over. Yeah. Yeah, so bloody Virat Kohli and, yeah, some of the Indian players, they go up to the stump mics and start abusing the, um, yeah, the you know, the third umpire and the match referee and uh, and did anything happen? Nope. Uh-uh. So if that was someone from another country, they uh-uh. would have been banned for like five five games, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They, they didn't even cop a fine. Not even a fine. Yeah. Yep, nothing. And their behaviour was just disgraceful. Yeah. They? It just saw losers, you know. Yeah. And, yeah, so that was uh, great seeing South Africa win there, you know, because they're in a real rebuilding phase. 
Yeah. You know, they've had a lot of some great players that have retired in recent years, like yeah. A.B. De Villiers and Jacques yeah. Callis and yeah. Dale Stain, you know, some yeah. of the greats of world cricket yeah. all the time. And, yeah, yeah just to pull off a, a win like yeah. that, it's something Australia yeah. can't do. But one thing we can do is flog the the, the palms in the ashes every time. Yeah. yeah, we're one wicket away from getting a uh, a clean sweep again. Five nil clean sweep. Yeah, but I was amazed last week. I, I thought last Sunday we were gone for sure. Yeah, like I thought, you know, the England are going to win this because they're only mm. chasing two seventy odd, two eighty odd. And it's bucketing down rain outside and all my clothes on the line are going to get soaked. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're only chasing, you know, so that they were on top. And they were none for 69. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to you, like, down at the pool there. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, I didn't even bother going to watch it because I just thought England are going to win this easy. So none for 69. You think they're going to win. And I just, you know, went looking for cans and bottles for an hour. Came back, there's six down. (laughs) And it's all over in the next ten minutes. Oh, geez. One thing with the English media is when um, any of their sporting teams are going rubbish... Oh boy, do they get into them? Yeah, they don't. They don't miss. Yeah. So uh, no, Travis Head, the Aussie batsman, he's a big winner for the way he came out and attacked and scored a wonderful century yeah. in that fifth test. Uh, and that was three times in the series now where we've been in trouble with three wickets down. He's come out and saved us. So yeah, it was a worthy. Um, uh, player of the series. Oh, yeah. And Cameron Green, the Aussie all-rounder. Yeah, so just, um, you know, he's a real, just a real bonus it is having someone like that who can bat at six. And, you know, he, he didn't get that many runs in the series, but his bowling was just crucial. Yeah. So, you know, he's like six foot seven, six foot eight, Big unit, uh, bowls 140 clicks and yeah. gets bounce. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, you'd love to have shares on him at the moment. <laughs> and he's yeah. only young, so yeah. he could be our best all-rounder since Keith Miller. Yeah. Or Richie Benoit, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, like, we haven't. He's got a big future. Well, it's been a long time since we've had a really good all-rounder. That's right, yeah. You know, we had Shane Watson, but he was very injury-prone and... Turned into uh, more of a batsman yeah. than a bowler. Um, yeah, but exciting times ahead there. And yeah. uh, Sam Stoza, the Aussie tennis legend, she retired. Yeah. Yeah, she lost a second round match. But no, she's had a wonderful career. But, you know, it's always what if with her. Because you just sort of think, well, you know, yeah, maybe she didn't reach her potential because it was her mind used to really play games with her. Yeah. So she won the US Open in 2011 when she flogged Serena Williams. Yeah. You know, in the Serena Williams home court. Oh, yeah. 
And you just think, you know, if she can do that, you know, she's a five, six Grand Slam winner. Yeah. But no, just whenever she, you know, she just, yeah, you just sort of thought, well, you know, especially when it came to performing at home in the Australian Open, she just, yeah, didn't perform up to expectation. Very lucky to get past the first or second round. Like, there was a joke that went around for years that, yeah, whenever a player would play Sam Stozer, it was a first-round buy. Yeah. She just, yeah, she just had this, you know, there was just something going on in her head, uh, I reckon, in regards to performing at home in front of her own crowd. Yeah. Yeah. But no, still a wonderful career. Yeah. You know, she's won millions and millions of dollars and yeah. retires at 37. Oh. It's a wonderful okay. Career in doubles too. Yeah. Yeah, mixed doubles. Mm. Yeah, so congratulations to her. Mm. Yeah, so this mm. week we're going to go... Oh, actually, I've got one more loser. Yep, so... Oh, the English batting. Do not quit your day job. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. uh. I forgot to mention, because their batting is just pathetic. Uh. And the way they just crash and crumble... The way they have yeah. in this series, you know. Look, they're bowling, they, they've bowled well. Both yeah. teams have got good bowling attacks, but their batting is just yeah. so brittle. It's just that England's is so much more brittle. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Med- Medvedev, the Russian tennis player, the way he carried on the other night after yeah. his win. Yeah, just sort of having a go at the crowd. and um, Some of it was called for, but yeah... He's not winning any any fans, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Kyrgios, just the way he carries on with the chair umpires. And yeah. Yeah, I've never, just can't be a fan of his, the way he carries uh-huh. on. And stadium names. Stadium names. It's one names. thing that really pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, for so many years, like, you'd have stadiums just called... They were the same name for years and years and years. But now it's a lot of them are named after sponsors, especially the NRL grounds and the Aussie Rules grounds. You know, so you've got like um, Parramatta's new stadium there. Yeah, so yeah, like for years and years it was called Parramatta Stadium. They knocked it down, rebuilt this beautiful new boutique one. Yeah. They call it Bank West Stadium. Yeah. And now they've called it, they changed the name, the Combank Stadium. Yeah. So I wish they'd just <laughs> call it after, you know, just keep. Well, you know. Because you don't know where they're playing a lot know, of the time. You know why they do this? Yeah, it's all sponsorship money. Yeah, big money. But, but the, like the banks pay a big lump up. I think they pay a big up front sum. I th- I'll start again. I think they pay up large upfront sum yeah. for so many years. Mm. You know, like Metrocom, they actually built that st- rebuilt that stadium, so they had the rights to it because I think it's sort of two hundred thousand dollars to hire the stadium for a day. Yeah. So that's how Metrocom's making their money back. Whether it goes back to Crow Stadium when the contract's up or 
Let's away. I'll, I'll always know it as Carrara Stadium. Yeah. But you look at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney. Yeah. Like that's had about four or five different names. Yeah. Where one of the biggest ones over the years has been Cronulla's home ground. So uh, back in the late 70s, it was, you know, Endeavour Field. Yep. And then, like the early 80s, it, oh, it was Caltex Field, Ronson Field. Yeah. Oh. And it's, it's at about, it's at a, Basically a different name every year. Yeah, nearly. But just before I came here on Foxtel, I had the um, the nineteen seventy eight grand final yeah. between Manly and Cronulla. Yeah. yeah, and Manly had sponsorship on their jersey, but Cronulla didn't have any, which was interesting. Yeah, yeah, no sponsorship on their jersey back uh, then. Yeah, so it must uh, have been when they were, it was first coming in. Yeah. You look at this Titans jersey yeah. that I'm wearing right now. Uh, <laughs> it's got it's got about three or four different sponsors on it. Yeah. Uh, T TFH. What's this other one? Uh, Trip uh, deals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Adidas. Uh, yeah. Okay, so today we're gonna go back to the year two thousand and four. Yeah, so we're gonna go back to the noughties today. So what are your memories of the year 2004, Glenn? Yeah, well, the kids playing, I think Greg started soccer. Mm-hmm. He was about seven and, yeah, and what, what they call it, soccer rules. Yeah, the junior, the, the, the young version of soccer. Mm. I mean, in, um, in... Yeah, well, that was in winter. Then my daughter was playing that ball in summer. Yeah, so yeah, around and yeah, working and doing plenty of trips up here to the Gold Coast around that time. Mm. We used to come up here at one stage, just about every holidays we could. Up to Corumbin, wasn't it? Oh well, oh, it was yeah, you know, it, it was different parts of the Gold Coast, Corumbin. Yep. Palm Beach, um, Bigger Waters, mm-hmm. places like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's interesting when you're talking about soccer being in um, the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where you look at, you know, the A-League here in Australia, yeah, yeah they changed it to, well, it's mainly yeah. played over the summer now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, it has yeah. been for years because uh, it just can't compete with the the bigger codes. But yeah. it, it still struggles. But 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 when we got the first year started, the games were always played during the morning, mm. and then I think it was a season or two later they started to play them at night. Yeah, and it, places like Kempsey and that, and it was beep and freezing. Yeah. <laughs> Cold as <laughs> just yeah, trying to you know, just be there for me, son, and just didn't matter how many jumpers and jackets I had on, it was just yeah. cold as. Yeah, you wonder how those European crowds and that deal with it, you know, because they, they play all over through the winter mainly. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, some of those games, you know, they play in the snow. And it's like minus five, minus yeah. ten probably. Yeah, I, when I was down at my parents' place, I saw this. 
No, 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 it was a comedian. He was talking about he he went and done a a marathon in the in in the Antarctic. Yeah, you know, running in the snow. Oh, really? They did that. <coughs> the track was ten point two kilometers long. Mm. No, so ten point ten point two five kilometers long. Did four laps. Yeah. To do the math, yeah, to equal the forty-two kilometers. Oh, okay. In the snow. Jeez. Yeah, uh, well, at least that's one way to keep you warm. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a man of mine. I said, "Oh, we, <coughs> we should, we should add that to our bucket list." Yeah. I said, "Yeah." We said, "Well, one can, one one of us can be sitting in the, in the back, in the yeah, the little." Um, carriers that they pull along. One of us can be sitting in oh, there. Oh, with the huskies. Yeah, sitting, yeah. sitting there with the rum and then we change over <laughs> to keep warm. Yeah. yeah. No, well, my memories of the year 2004, yeah, unfortunately the year started off on a, yeah, it's a very sad note. We had the shock death of David Hooks, yeah, the former... Aussie cricketer, yeah, yeah media personality. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh, outside a nightclub in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, in St Kilda, I think it was. Yeah, so he was coaching the Victorian team at the time. Yeah. And they played South Australia. And it was the end of the match and the players had, you know, uh-huh. gone to this, um, yeah. this bar. And they were there, you know, till the early hours of the morning and mm. – um, yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know the full story, but they'd got a bit rowdy and asked to leave and, yeah, and he had David Hooks, I think he had an altercation with one of the bouncers and yeah. unfortunately, yeah, just one one punch can kill, can't it? Yeah. And, yeah, he uh, yeah hit his head in the gutter and never, never woke up. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. waking up that morning and... You know, he'd just been on, because he, he was on TV a lot at that time. Like, he used to host the, you know, um, Fox Cricket. Yeah. yeah the Fox yeah. Cricket shows. And he was often on the back page. It was, it was another yeah. sports show that I, it's still on today, the back page, but it's um, been on for years. But he was, you know, one of the, um, one of the, one of the uh, you know, the hosts on there. And... Um. Yeah, just woke up to the news that morning and couldn't believe it. And then later that following day, the family decided to turn off his life support. And um, yeah, but they family donated his um, organs. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a positive thing that came out of it. And it really, um, yeah, it's they raised a lot of money actually yeah. in that area. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Mm, encourage more people, you know, to, yeah. you know, put themselves on the donor list for when they pass away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I reckon it's a good idea. Oh, yeah, you, definitely. Yeah, you're not going to use them in the next life. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. And it's saved a lot of lives, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was very sad. And, uh, yeah, they had a, a memorable funeral for him. Yeah. yeah, on the Adelaide Oval because that was his yeah. home ground for years, and yeah. yeah, he was a great South Australian. 
Yeah, and I remember I left Sydney early in that year and moved out west to Dubbo, mm, western uh, New South Wales. Yeah. yeah, so that was a culture shock. <laughs> Had my wallet stolen after a few days. And <laughs> yeah. When I was young and living in Sydney, I used to call it Dumbo. Yeah. I thought, oh, we can't, because we had, long story, we had sort of cousins out there. I thought, we're going out to Dumbo. Yeah. Mum would go, no, it's Dumbo, Dumbo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, some people used to call it Dub Hole, but, yeah, I always found it a nice place. Yeah. yeah it had a lot to offer, you know, good service, good yeah. services and, uh, yeah, it was nice on the river there. And, you know, you course you got western plain zoo yeah yeah and that's also where they broadcast um abc abc new south wales central that's right well that was just yeah. across the road yeah pretty much from where i was living yeah yeah i uh, i remember the the, the announcer I, I think he's moved on but during christmas for about three or four years, he would do the the, the lunch hour hours that would cover actually all of New South Wales. Oh, okay. And he was a real character. Yeah. Because on um on on um uh, April Fool's Day one year, he announced. The, the New South Wales government was bringing in a surfing licence that from today onwards you need to get us a licence to surf. Oh, really? And the, and the switchboard just lit up like crazy with all, with all these people complaining yeah. about it and then he announced the next day that <laughs> it was only April Fool's joke. I didn't intend it to go that far. Yeah. yeah. One of the best things in Dubbo is the old jail there. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been to that? I haven't been to Dubbo for a very long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But one thing I do remember is, uh, see, I was doing a post-grad degree, so and I'd have to travel to Sydney like once a month or so yeah. on a weekend. So normally I'd fly down and then get the train back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and there was one day, it would have been oh, maybe February, March or somewhere, and... The train was sort of coming into Dubbo, you know, between Wellington and Dubbo, probably 20, yeah. 30 k's outside Dubbo mainly. Uh. And I looked out the window and you could see a swarm of insects. Like it was like a big wave of them yeah. heading towards the city. Yeah. And I thought, geez, I wonder what that is. And then the next day I found out what it was. It was a massive locust plague yeah. that engulfed the, the city. Oh. And yeah, it lasted for probably three months. Yeah. And it was full on. Yeah. Oh my God. Like fair income, there was most parts of the city you could not see a meter in front of you. Yeah. Especially on the northern part. Oh, yeah. And you couldn't leave any windows open. You couldn't even open your mouth. <laughs> That's how bad oh, it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they'd get into the into your car, you know, into the... Um, the vents. And yeah. That, yeah. So, yeah, you'd have to get, like, nets and attach it to your car. Yeah. I'd ride a little Suzuki Jimny then. 
And oh boy, just like they got into that and got into the ba- oh the balcony. Like every day, you'd have to sweep, sweep. Yeah. Big, oh, it was something I've never seen before. Uh-huh. Yeah, but just the amount of money it would have, you know, the amount of crops it would have destroyed, and yeah, yeah, just bugger things they were. Yeah, and yeah, it was that full on that you could barely see the sky sometimes. Yeah. But they originally came from northern New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah. Yeah, from up there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, no, that was, that was something I'll never forget. And yeah. remember the Athens Olympics and being addicted to home and away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 uh, yeah, we, we, Sammy's pretty pissed off at the moment. Cause Why is that? She was all set up to watch the home and away, yeah. This year to watch a film. It's in having their off season, aren't they? Or yeah, has it yeah, come but back yet? yeah, but the tennis. No, tennis is on nine now. Didn't she know that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it went to uh, Channel Nine about oh, oh two or three years ago. Yeah, Shh, don't tell her. <laughs> She wants me to watch it. She wants me to watch it with her. Yeah, well, I remember. <laughs> no. oh, yeah. Like, I was addicted. And then, um, yeah. yeah, just before the Athens Olympics, yeah, they had, because um, they'd always have, you wouldn't want to live in, what was the name of the, the town in Home and Away? It was at um, Sum, Summer Bay, S- was it? Bay, yeah. Gosh, you wouldn't want to live there, the amount of yeah. drama they had. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but. In the beginning, it was never like that. Yeah, I know. Same but, with neighbours. And but, but now yeah. it's just, and it's sort of, it may be a different script, but it yeah. still follows the same storyline. Yeah. Because yeah, I know Paul McDermott, he had a go at, go at talking it on Good News Week about when they had a controversy about a, a gay poli- police officer and... Yeah, having a relationship with this other gay person, and he yeah. said, "Oh well, it'll be all hyped, and it'll just be a mass explosion, and yeah. something will happen again." But <laughs> and that's what happens. <laughs> but, yeah, oh gosh, because you know, I've, I've seen it yeah, a little bit of last year, yeah. and they have all these really muscly guys that can't act for crap. Yeah, I know. But yeah. they were big and muscly. Yeah. It's amazing how many famous actors have come from that show. Yeah. You know, like Chris Hemsworth and Russell Crowe and I think, he, yeah, Heath Ledger, he was yeah. on there. He yeah. came from there, the late Heath Ledger. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but just before the Athens Olympics, I remember, they, all the main characters in the show, they were taken hostage by this... Yeah. Uh, psychopathic, you know, lady who kept them all hostage and all you knew that one of them was going to get shot dead. Yeah. But you had to wait till after the Athens Olympics finished. And that was a few weeks later. (laughs) And also I think it was, was, (coughs) I forget what show it was, uh, this is a couple of years ago on Channel 7, Mm. that they promoted the buggery out of it before the new year. Yeah. And then there's it after the tennis. So you wait till the tennis over, there was after this. And 
Hey. And eventually came on air. Oh. <laughs> annoying. Well, one thing you're guaranteed of on that show is good old Alf saying flaming. Flaming. It's a flaming a thon. Yeah. Yeah. Because it. Well, well, the beach part of it's filmed on the north side of Sydney. Yeah, Palm Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually, years uh, ago, I yeah. um, was up that way and I saw Alf playing golf. Yeah. What's his name in real life? Ray Meager or? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. He's but, been on that show since the start and that's yeah. going back 35 years yeah. at least. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We got someone uh, back for our quiz. And it's a long quiz. Is Here it? she comes. Yeah. Miss Olivia. You got your own microphone today, darling. I do. Very fancy. Yeah, welcome back. <coughs> Thank you. Yeah, she's nicked my brand new top. I showed her this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, I hope I get it back. <laughs> it cost me about a hundred bucks. Dad, look who's here. It's where? <laughs> Come in. Yeah. Oh, someone's going to enter the sports shack. Yeah. Knock, yeah. knock. Who yeah. it is? Whoa. It's Mr. John Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> How you going, John? Yeah, good, thanks. <laughs> uh, so you managed to you managed to dodge the water, the rain. Uh, yes, I, I did. Um, it, it did rain on the way in here today, so uh, yes, but I thought it was important to get to the sports shack today. But you, but, but how come you dry? <laughs> That's what I mean when you dodge the rain. No comment. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's like pommy weather today. It rains and stops and rains and stops and it's been like four seasons in a day today. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how are you, gentlemen? Have I missed much to already? Yeah, good, mate. Oh, we're just talking about what we did the, about our sporting week. And yeah. yeah. Talking about the year 2004 today. Been Four. talking about locust plagues and yes. home and away. 2004, and I was back in Western Australia and the locust plagues there were putting cars off the road. Yeah, literally. I'd believe it. Um, from, mm. from Geraldton to Carnarvon, which was my home stretch, Geraldton to Carnarvon, there was cars being put off the road and trucks having problems with cooling and, and all that sort of stuff and it becomes a really, really huge problem over there. So, yeah. Mm. Yes, so um, yes, the guys at NatRad and Radiator Places and all the rest of were doing a thriving trade because one of my mates used to own one of those places. So yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, so radiators were the thing of the day. Mm. So, yeah. That's what they did. They get into your radiator. Yeah, yeah, and oh my god, yeah, yeah they were just a bugger, absolute bugger. Yeah. Cause all sorts of overheating oh, problems yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It's just a, just mm. amazing and. Um, all the big Kenworth trucks and all the rest, all the American trucks did okay, but a lot of the uh, Euro Euro trucks and all the rest, they just couldn't handle the amount of um, uh, bugs and stuff that were over there. So, yeah, it's, uh, that was quite a while ago. I used to remember that sort of stuff and you know, mm. having guys go and say, oof, she's coming up through, because I was actually located in Karatha at the time. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a 
quite a significant problem trying to get road transport up there and that's something that we're sort of facing now with uh, the COVID side of things um, with the transport and all that sort of gear. So Carafa, that, that's where that girl was abducted, wasn't it? Uh, Carnarvon was it? Carnarvon. Yeah, 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 Carnarvon. Right. Uh, yeah, but through from Durham to up through to Carnarvon uh, was because it's still uh, arable land and all that sort of stuff. Um, a lot of, uh, especially around Carnarvon, um, market gardens and bananas and stuff that you get from over there to here. Mm. Uh, and they supply a lot of bananas and fruit and everything. And um, so, yeah, they had a lot of uh, locusts uh, plagues through all those sort of market garden areas and all the way from, yeah, and it was quite amazing. You'd be driving on the road and things would just be stripped. Um, yeah, you know, you could see whole swathes where the, uh, mm. where the uh, locusts had been and all that sort of stuff. And they'd go through and a crop was just about ready to come off and um, all of a sudden there was nothing left. Uh, oh, okay. Through. It was shocking. Yeah. It was amazing to see. Oh. Hmm. How long did that go for? Uh, that, I think, went for about eight months, uh, if I remember rightly. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, um, one person's boom is another person's bust, you know. So, okay, they lost yeah. a lot of wheat and, and harvest and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, people within the motor car trade were uh, flat off their feet. You know, oh, it was okay. hard just to get a service. So, you know, that was the two contrasts sort of things, you know. Yeah. Yeah, quite amazing. Quite amazing. All right. Yeah, so 2004 Sporting, what happened in sports? Oh, we'll, we'll have a good chat about it soon. We'll go on with our quiz. And who am I? Livy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Got four questions today. Five. Five, have we? Yeah, you got yeah, five yeah. behind the script. Oh, okay. OPSM, Paul. Okay. Can I start? Yep. Far away. Quiz questions. Question number one. What Aussie sporting team ended their Olympic hoodoo? Yep. Hoodoo. Um, by winning gold for the first time at the Athens Olympics. There it is again. What Aussie sporting team ended their Olympic hoodoo by winning gold for the first time at the Athens Olympics? Question number two. What was the name of the controversial American spin- sprinter who won the men's 100-metre final at the Athens Olympics. Here it is again. What was the name of the controversial American sprinter who won the men's 100-metre final at the Athens Olympics? Question number three. What country caused an upset to defeat USA in American... in men's... I can't. Um, <laughs> question number three. What country caused an upset to defeat the USA in men's basketball and go on to win the gold medal for the Olympics? There it is again. What country caused an upset to defeat the USA in men's basketball and go on to win the gold medal at the Olympics? Question mm-hmm. number four. What team won the first AFL premiership in 2004? What, their first AFL, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Here it is again. Uh. What team won their first AFL premiership in 2004? Yep. Question number five, last question. What country stunned the world by winning the 2004 Euro Championship football? That was a big upset, that. Yeah. Uh. <coughs> yep. Okay, yep. Dying five. like I normally am. <laughs> <laughs> what country stunned the world by winning the 2004 their 
by winning the 2004 Euro Championship. Yeah, so you can give the answer to that one now. We can. Yeah, yeah, give the answers. Okay. Nice, well. We'll go backwards. They've got enough time to be, put their thinking caps on now and <laughs> think of the answers. Yeah. What country stunned the world by winning the 2004 Euro Championship? The answer to that question is Greece. Mm. They were defeated by Portugal at, in final and won 1-0. Mm. 1-0, yeah, defeated Portugal. In Lisbon. Mm. Yep. And the, Greek, the, the many Greeks in Australia went crazy, especially in Melbourne. There's a lot of Greeks there, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Should we work backwards? Or should yeah, we you can do that. Yeah. So question number four again. What team won their first AFL premiership in 2004? The answer to that question is Port Adelaide defeated mm-hmm. Brisbane 113 to 73. Yeah, before that, because um, Port Adelaide were always known as the chokers, because yeah. you know, I never performed in finals. Yeah. And when they won that, their coach at the time, I forget his name, yeah, he's, when the, it was about a minute to go, they had the game won, and he's walking down, and he's got his tie, and he's got it around his throat. <laughs> <laughs> and all the Port Adelaide fans are going crazy. Yeah. Uh, Question number three? Yep. Question number three. What country caused an upset <coughs> to defeat the USA in men's basketball and go on to win the gold medal at the Olympics. Uh, before you give the answer, Libby, mm-hmm. do you know John? Doing well if you do. I have a funny feeling it may have been uh, a Baltic country. <coughs> um, I know it wasn't Australia. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Um, Japan. Three out of three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, 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 yeah, he well, you think it would have been a Baltic country because they're very strong in basketball, aren't they? Yeah. But no, surprisingly, it wasn't. It was Argentina. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> mm. Okay, next one we have a person. What was the name of the con- oh, the controversial American sprinter who won the men's 100-metre final at the Athens Olympics? The answer to that question is Justin Gatlin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he got busted for uh, steroids not long after that. Was out of athletics for about five years or so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he's been a real villain of world sport. Yeah. Yep. Controversial. Mm. And he probably would have been on steroids when he won that gold medal, unfortunately. But anyway, well, such is life. <laughs> Last one. What Aussie sporting team ended their Olympic hoodoo by winning gold for the first time at the Athens Olympics? The answer to that question is... The so to throw you off, Libby. Is the Kookaburra's men's hockey team. Yeah. Can you make a Kookaburra noise? No. No? <laughs> okay. Stay here. You yeah. did such an awesome job. You can do Who Am I? <gasps> Yay. Yeah. This week's 
Who am I? Move into the lounge. Yes. Just, just, just Kurt. Just hold it in front of you, Libby. Okay, here we go. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Just swapping spots. Paul's gone off pole position. Yeah. Paul's gone off pole position. Libby's taken over. Well then, um, who am I? You're Olivia, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, oh okay, I'll just script right here. Oh, just, yeah, sorry. Just need some clarification on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's yeah, go. she's lost it. Uh, I was born in 1969 in Sarov, Russia. Gee, you're looking good for the born in 1969, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah. I am a former professional boxer who competed from 1992 to 2005. To 2005. According to Wikipedia, I held a multiple I held uh, I held multiple light welterweight world championships and was an exceptional all-rounder boxer. All-around boxer. Puncher 2. Puncher uh, there's like heaps of hyphens. All around boxer puncher who relied loud much, who relied heavily on accuracy and timing and carried formidable punching power. As an amateur, I represented the Soviet Union, winning a bronze medal in the lightweight division at the 1989 World Championships and gold in the light welterweight division. Oh, in the light welterweight division at the 1991 World Championships. I then emigrated to Australia and became an Australian citizen and turned professional. In 1995, I won my first professional world championship. <laughs> you can't get the answer to it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> John, John knows, but he's, he's going to wait. That's all right. Start from there. You've done that bit. He emigrated to Australia. Yeah, 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 she did that. I then emigrated to Australia and became an Australian citizen and turned professional. In 1995, I won my first professional world championships in the IBF title by defeating Jake Rodriguez in 2004 uh, after recovering from shoulder surgery. I knocked out Sham, Shamba? Shamba. Sham. That's an R there. Shamba? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he's a boxer anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> Shamba Mitchell in three rounds and was voted comeback fighter for the year by Ring Magazine. In 2005, I lost my title to Britain's Ricky Hatton. My nickname is Thunder from Down Under. And I have a son who is the current Australian lightweight middle light middleweight champion. That was a mess. Mm, my name is, and you got to say, the reveal that end the show. Thanks, Libby. Thank you. Where are they now? Where are they now? Now, John, we got it. Oh. One way we start the show 
We have our winners and losers of the week. Right, okay. Yeah. Can you think of any of your winners and losers? Uh, Nick Kyrgios was a winner and a loser. Yeah. Uh, because uh, he uh, got into the second round, um, but then uh, lost. So, yeah, he's, he's for me my winner and loser for the week for me. And carried uh, on like a pork chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, back back to the days of old, and uh, yeah. showing off who he actually is and was, and it's really good. To and see. a leopard doesn't change its spots, does it? No, no. And the other loser, he is entertaining the watch, though. Absolutely, and the loser yeah. would have to be um, the other Australian uh, that lives here up on the Gold Coast and oh, plays yeah. tennis. Um, what's his name? Oh, um, Tomic. Uh, Bernard Tomic, oh. uh, who struggled to. Um, to uh, keep his own um, thoughts together, even on the tennis court, and uh, mm. uh, had a meltdown, of course, with the umpire and blamed everybody else for his poor tennis except for himself. Yep. So that would be my winners and losers for the week. Yeah, hasn't he fallen from grace? Mm. Yep. He yeah. still he still runs around the uh, Gold Coast like he's the king of it, though. Yep. Yeah. So that's right. Okay. So we've got our. Where are they now? Where are they now? Right, so this week, yeah, we're going to the world of track and field. And we're going to talk about Yana Pittman. Now, we've spoken briefly about her in other episodes. And one thing that we struggle with in this country is the tall poppy syndrome. Yeah. So how would you describe the tall poppy syndrome? Uh, to our international listeners. Okay, the tall poppy syndrome. Australians seem to have a remarkable uh, knack of being, if anybody sort of rises above the pack, um, and uh, they, even if they're, um, you know, even somebody like our Ash Barty and stuff, there are people out there that uh, love to hate people that rise above the pack, and I, mm. I've never really understood it. Yeah. I mean, you know, the dedication and the, the effort that goes into trying to become a champion and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, it's just phenomenal and amazing. And, um, you know, whether it be a millionaire that's got himself from the bottom of nothing and raised himself up or whatever, uh, except for the people like Bernard Tomic, who uh, are a bit of a, a knob. Um, but, uh, sorry, <laughs> or an imbecile. <laughs> an imbecile, that's a great word for it. But, yeah, so Australians love to hate people that are successful, yeah. um, uh, especially our own. Um, we're not so bad with other, co- other people's countries, but in Australia we kind to yeah. like to hate our own, and it's... Never sat very well with me. Where America just glorify their... Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, um, lift the them up and all the rest of it. And it seems to do something about the national psyche. Yeah. Um, and we're coming up to Australia Day soon, aren't we, as well? Mm. And it's like, you know, um, the, the sad thing about Australia Day has become polarising because uh, we don't, you know, we... we it's, it's totally gone confusing because... We used to also raise our athletes up and, and think and glorify them on Australia yeah. Day. Uh, now it's, um, you know, uh, not just that, it's the whole thing about uh, knocking the crap out of uh, mm. them, you know, them taking over our land and uh, Aboriginal rights issues and stuff like that. Um, yeah. over and, and then it rolls onto our sporting icons and things yeah. like that. Crazy. Thank God we've got Ash there to, to uh, set the record straight at the oh, moment. Yeah. Yeah. What a ledge. It's amazing with America. Like, even with stars who have disgraced themselves, like Tiger Woods and... Uh, what's the other guy? The guy that oh, won the uh, cycling and all the rest Armstrong. of it? Lance Armstrong. Lance Don't get me I mean, started on Oh, him. my goodness gracious. <laughs> greatest uh, cheat of all time. Yeah, And, and they still, they still love him. Yeah, he's celebrated as being the greatest cheat of all time. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, where's that yep. in Australia? We have no, we have no um, bias or yeah. comparison. It's well, we had another episode. Uh, it would have been last year. Yeah, Michael Clark's another one. You know, former oh, yes. great Aussie cricketer. Yep, yep. Aussie captain scored a truckload of runs. Yes, and, and the public an just wanted to bring him down. Yep, had an indiscretion about uh, stuff. And uh, oh, how dare he drive a nice car yes. and have a, a model girlfriend? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, they tried to do that with people like Lily and Marsh and uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff back in their yeah. day. And, uh, you know, um, they, they play cricket absolutely beautifully. Uh, they mm. used to just bat it away and sort of, you know, tell them to go bugger off, stupid, or something like that. You know, I remember those sorts of things with Marshy and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Whereas they don't, they don't do that in the, in the media anymore. They've all yeah. got these media profiles and stuff like that, and they, they can't be seen to say anything derogatory or anything like that. Oh, yeah. You know? But, I mean, you yeah. know, and this all started around the time of Booney and uh, Merv with the big moustache and all the rest of it. And they were able to still hit it away and be quite comfortable with all that sort of stuff. But yeah. now every we can see we're, we're so much into other people's lives, yeah. living vicariously through bloody Facebook and all mm. that sort of crap. Oh, yeah. It's just... It's taken so, over. Absolutely, yeah. 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 Images, everything can, you know, oh, my God, they can even play cricket as well. Yeah. yeah. And then it becomes the opposite way around. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this lady today, she'd probably be the queen of, unfortunately, of uh, the tall poppy syndrome here. Yeah, so Yana Pittman. So she was born in Sydney in 1982, and she's a former athlete who specialised in the 400 metres and the 400 metre hurdles events. And she's a two-time world champion in the 400 metre hurdles, 2003-2007. And she also won the gold medal in, in this event at the 2002-2006 Commonwealth Games. It was part of Australia's winning 4x400m relay teams at both events. So Pittman, I never knew about this, she's one of only nine athletes, including the great Usain Bolt, to win world championships at the youth, junior and senior level of an athletics event. What a feat that is. But she still gets, she still would get brought down by the public, and she also competed in the two woman bobsleigh at the 2014 Winter Olympics. So I she's d- a I dual Olympian. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And according to Andrew mm. Webster in the Sydney Morning Herald, this made her the first Australian female athlete to compete in both the Summer and Winter Olympic Games. <laughs> so she competed until April 2006 under her maiden name Pittman. Then, under her married name, Rawlinson. Yeah, because she was married to a, a pommy sprinter called Chris Rawlinson. Yeah. He was a 400-metre hurdler. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. so they, they were married, they split up, and then they remarried. But then they split up again, and uh-huh. that was for good. However, in 2009, following the breakdown of her marriage, as Pittman Rawlinson. Yeah, so... So she was became Yana Rawlinson, and then when her marriage broke down, it was Pittman Rawlinson. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's kids? back to Pittman. <laughs> uh, did they have any children? Oh, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. That's a story yeah. and a half. Right. That comes into the now bit. Right. Yeah. You wait till we get to that bit. Stand by. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, injuries at the wrong time played a major part in Pittman not achieving an Olympic medal. So going into the 2004 Athens Olympics, Pittman was the world champion in the 400-metre hurdles 
and was highly fancied, fancied to win the goal, and she had a tremendous preparation running two-tenths within the world record. So she's only really young. You know, she's only about 20, 21 years old at this time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so however, just two weeks before the Games, she tore her cartilage in her right knee during a warm-up for a track meet in, Z- in Zurich, the final race before the Games. And Pittman, Pittman was resigned to miss out on the Games, and an orthopaedic surgeon even said she was finished. So Pittman underwent surgery a week prior to the Games, yet showed incredible courage to finish fifth in the final. And legendary sports commentator Bruce McAvaney on Australian Story stated it was one of the bravest performances he had ever seen and that Pittman was deprived of the opportunity of complete immortality in Australia. Pittman was devastated after not winning. Yeah, but that's an incredible feat after where, you know. And how old was she then? She was basically 90-something percent chance of not running. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right. That uh, was a complete miracle. She uh, made it. And they made it to the final and finished uh, fifth. Uh, yeah. And she probably – she would have won for sure. Absolutely for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, but this Greek runner won it in front of her home crowd. And uh, yeah. The crowd whether, would have been delirious. Oh, whether it was legal or not, we'll never know. Uh, yeah. Yep. But we'll – We'll get to that bit a bit later on about uh, Greek sprinters. <laughs> yeah, so. Their secret ingredient was Well, that Australian olive oil. story, that was recent. That was a recent episode, actually. Yeah, probably about, oh, it would have been towards the end of last year. Mm. Yeah, so. Yeah, so she was devastated after not winning, and the media lapped this up, and this stated that the Yana drama crusade by the media and much of the public. And even at the athletes' parade when they were back home, a member of the crowd called her a disgrace to the nation and spat at her feet. What a, what a bloody moron he was. Yeah. And she even wished her name wasn't Yana because it rhymed with drama. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pittman stated on Australian Story that her dream to win an Olympic gold medal dominated everything. It dominated a social life every waking moment and that it became an obsession rather than a passion and this can be dangerous, she said. Her coach, Phil King, reported that it was her one and only dream that was to win a gold medal. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. But no, unfortunately, she was just cursed when it came to the Olympics, you know. you got to have everything going right yeah. leading up to it and yeah. just takes one thing to go wrong. Like I remember Michael, the great Michael Johnson in the uh, Barcelona Olympics in 92. Yeah. He was the world champion, you know, way ahead of everyone else. Yeah. And then right when the Barcelona Olympics started, he came down with a bad case of food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, and just, yeah. But he made up for it four years later and at the uh, Sydney Games. Yeah, and that's that's happened, uh, that, that story, and not so much the injury side of things, but that story, mm. um, it's it's rung true for a few athletes and, and whatever. You know, they it's not that they choke, it's just that, Circumstances conspired against them. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. You know, and it must it must be terribly heartbreaking and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, we we've seen some of our Australian swimmers uh, over the years, like Michael Phelps and no, sorry, not Michael Phelps. He's American. Um, one of the uh, Australian guys. What was his name? Craig. 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 Am I thinking of? Uh, Broke up from his wife. Had all that. Oh, drama. Hackett. Grant Hackett. Hackett, sorry, Grant Hackett, yeah. um, Mark Spitz, all those sorts mm. of guys um, out of the limelight, out of that side of things, um, you know, not being able to get that. I mean, they they ha- got mm. the, they got the gold banana and all the rest of it, but afterwards they will never be able to um, yeah. cross back over you yeah. know, from that past glory. Well, when I was listening to Grant Hackett interviewed on the Howie Games podcast, yep. and this is probably one of the reasons why he was so successful, is that he class? He said that all his silver medals and bronze medals, he he regarded them as failures. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but ultimately, that uh, it paid a toll on his on his own mind. Oh you know, yeah, so. but no, Yana Pittman. I mean, yeah, she uh, she was our, our darling, um, mm. and you know the hopes of Australia were sort of carried on all, on her things, and I think. Us as media and stuff, and the tall poppy syndrome, as you were saying before. Mm. What a classic example! I mean. When she was up, she was up, and and we all loved her and all the rest of it, and and uh, you know, the heroic effort that she had with um, going into that final with a buggered knee and mm. still coming fifth. I mean, that just got washed under. You know, that yeah, was like exactly. No, nobody identified that. Nobody took her away with the courage of what she tried to do. Yeah, I mean, she was out, 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 out. She not she won't be yeah. in the Olympics, and here she was lining up at the Olympics. Um, not you know, never being able to run again. And could you imagine trying to do that with hurdling? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I, I've got stuffed knees yep. as it is. I, I have trouble walking up to the mansion steps here mm. uh, to see Glenn every day. Um, could you imagine doing <laughs> that? Could you imagine doing that hurdling? I mean, you, that would be terrible. You, yeah, you're just a wuss, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been hurdling those stairs for what, another twelve years now. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So after Pittman's World Championship gold in Paris in 2003, yeah, there, was, there were big expectations placed on her to win gold and be the next track and field champ just four years after Cathy Freeman in Sydney. All of a sudden, Pittman was placed in the spotlight and struggled to adapt. Yeah, so according to Sport Australia Hall of Fame, persistent injuries saw her miss the 2008 Beijing Olympics and the 2012 London Olympics. So the 2008 Olympics, she was favourite too. Going yeah. into that, she was a world champ, yeah. and she was a mother. Yeah. So there was lots of criticism of her personal life, relationship with other athletes. So yeah, there was always, you know, like this ongoing. And they'd always talk about it. This spat that she had with uh, Thames and Lewis. Lewis, yeah, or Manow. Her name is now. She married a. Former Aussie cricketer, um, Graham Manier. Yeah. And, yeah, not running for Australia anymore. So there was even talk of her, you know, because she married that English bloke, of her going the run for um, England, which wasn't true. Well, don't forget that uh, the UK was very, very clever with their, their Olympics because they mm. stole all their coaches. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> so just about every every uh, gold medal that was produced in uh, the UK that uh, for that Olympics uh, had an Australian coach behind it, yeah. which was quite amazing. That's right. I, I didn't realise that until afterwards. So they paid them heaps more money. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. So we, we had no chance, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she said, yeah, she paid the penalty for being open, speaking her mind, wearing her heart on her sleeve, and admits she could have been more private. 
Now, Pittman won the 400-metre hurdles gold at the 2007 World Championships in Osaka in the second fastest time ever. And according to Michael Roberts in the book Great Australian Sporting Moments, this was less than a year after she gave birth to her son, Cornelius. And trained on, she, apparently she trained on bikes and in the pool during her pregnancy. Yeah, so she was now called uh, Super Mum. I, I just had a vision of her training with the bike in the pool. Yeah. As she's pregnant. <laughs> yeah, well, it was on the news the other day. Uh, They've got these um, hydrofoil bikes now. Yeah. Uh, They're about 10 grand or something. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Training in the pool on the bike yeah. and on the bike. Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking, wow, racing a racing bike through the water. That would be pretty strengthening, <laughs> yeah. I think. It would be pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, no, I know what you meant. Yep, yep. yeah. Uh. I saw a lovely lady down the beach the other day, uh, and uh, it was with all the swell coming through and whatever. And um, I was down there enjoying myself, and this lady was very, very pregnant, uh, and uh, uh, she was letting the water caress over her, uh, her baby bump. I thought, what a beautiful thing. And I, I would imagine that would have been the same for Yana. Would have given her some relief at least. Yeah. Yeah, so good yeah. honour. Good honour. Mm. Yeah, so she was now called Super Mum. However, was admired by the public rather than loved. Now, Pittman feels that being six foot tall 80, and having a 80 kilogram body was not ideal for athletics. And this is why she sustained her injuries. So let's see what Yana Pittman's doing today. She's now 39 years of age. She's married to Sydney businessman and corporate lawyer, Paul Gatwood. And according to Natalie Furman in New Idea, she recently had her fourth child and Gatwood's first. So in early 2013, whilst training for the Soshi Winter Olympic Games... Pittman began studying medicine at Western Sydney University and in 2019 she received her medical MBBS degree. Now according to Susan Chenery and Ben Cheshire from ABC News who was becoming a doctor that brought her back to her true passionate self and she won her cohorts university medal easing the pain of never winning at the Olympics. And when she graduated, Pittman said, quote, I felt finally like I was on 100% on the right tra- trajectory in my life. Now, Pittman wanted to be a doctor from an early age. However, impressive times leading up to the Sydney 2000 Olympics changed her focus to athletics. The discipline required in medicine is the same to be an elite athlete, according to her friend, Dr. Joe Carter. Now, she was a, a uh, elite figure skater. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, she went to the Olympics as a figure skater, Joe Carter. Yeah. Wow. She's a doctor now, too. Yeah, so Yana Pittman is currently a resident doctor at Blacktown Hospital. I saw her interviewed a bit last year on the, on the news, um, you know, because she was dealing with a lot of... Uh, Patients with COVID, know, COVID, stuff. With COVID. Yep. yeah, yep. yeah, around Blacktown, yep, yeah. So Pittman recently played a starring role on reality TV series SAS Australia, and she has found that by accepting herself, the public finally have too. So it's amazing what this show has done for her. 
you know, like yeah, she's did now she, did being she get accepted. Right, did she get the right way through it uh, with the thing? I, oh, I don't watch I that. I don't know. So. I never watched it. <laughs> no, neither yeah. did I. But it'd be interesting <laughs> to see how far she went. But, um, you know, we'll have to get the research labs onto that. I think uh, she went a long <laughs> way into the, yeah. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, it just but you goes can understand why, eh? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's great to see that she finally um, is happy in her life and triumphed and all the rest of it. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can put my hand on my heart and really say that I, I never really bought into any of the, the, the Yana Pittman stuff as far as mm. knocking her down or anything like that. Um, I, I think I used to call her Yana Banana. You know, she mm. was in the green and yellow and used to run like heck. Um, yeah. That's about the only thing I can remember. Well, I always um, admired her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and if she's six foot tall and blonde, I mean... What more can you ask? I mean, mm. that's, that's the Australian idol of blonde-haired, blue-eyed um, thing. I mean, that's not being sexist, but it's the way that, you know, I think uh, the Australian psyche like to think of ourselves. And um, it's just so sad that she had to go through that. Yeah. But um, it's interesting that she's become a doctor and, and maybe, uh, you know, going to go on to bigger and better things. I mean, mm. if not being a doctor is not bigger and better things, I mean, just the discipline and the effort to do that, I mean... Uh, if I had my hat on, I'd dips me lid to her. So, oh, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely amazing. Stunning. And um, if she ever gets to listen to this podcast, you know, uh, not yeah. that she needs validation from us, but, you know, I think she's a little bit awesome. Yeah, exactly. In, well, other, in other words, what John is saying, that he wouldn't mind receiving a message from her. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's amazing, like, when, you know, now she's a doctor... Yeah, you know she sees these patients, and then afterwards, you know the patients will talk to another doctor and oh, was that Yana Pittman? Was that Yana Pittman? Yeah. Uh, could you imagine her being in a sport, in the, doing anything? I mean, obviously, she I don't know whether what she specialised in, but uh, in sports, uh, doc, uh, as a sports doctor, she would have the psychology behind, oh, yeah. um, you know, and the machinations and being able to know as as we're involved, us three in in, the, yeah. in helping men. Uh, outside of this, uh, this forum, mm. um, you know, being able to have that 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 uh, toolbox to be able mm. to use in that side of field, I mean, that would be just incredible. Yeah, yeah but not once does she mention that she's an athlete to a patient, she's a former athlete, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, it's always she just focuses solely on the patient. Well, you, you know me, Paul. You'll point out an athlete when we're out and about and whatever, and I'll just go, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I'm totally not sports shacked. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. So she is an ambassador for the Australian Cervical Cancer Foundation, ACCF, having been treated for the precancerous condition herself. Yeah. So That's cervical, now I'll see if I can pronounce this right, intrapithelial neoplasia. Intropathelium <laughs> neoplasma. In yeah, uh, yeah, yep, yep. And you know, I, I've um, had the, uh, I've met, I've, I've had some friends of mine that have had that as well. And uh, look, I mean, yeah, it's it's it, that's a devastating thing to go through. It, it, mm. it, it, if uh, it's once again, it's like, uh, only relating it back to a gentleman, but it's like um, maybe not being able to have a Johnson working anymore and having it yeah. lop, lopped off. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just terrible, um, mm. uh, you know, and it and it. Uh, and she's since had children and all the rest of it. I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, this lady is more and more incredible. Mm. I, my admiration for her grows the more you talk about it. Well, actually, the, the cervical cancer scare she had, yeah. that forced her into having children right? Yeah, from an, an, a, a anonymous sperm donors. Yeah, so I think she'd had her first child. Yep. And then 
Yeah, so she had that back in 2007 or something. Yep. Yeah, but she thought, oh, you know, because of this, yeah, I, I want to have, have more, more kids. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she went down this path of, you know, and, uh, yeah, her daughter Emily and Jemima, they were born through the reproductive medicine. Yeah, so apparently she went with her best friend, Dr. Joe Carter, to Philippines to very poor areas and perform cervical cancer screening tests. Wow. Yeah, many of the women have never even seen a doctor. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yep. And it was a personal and emotional time for Pittman because she herself had been a survivor of cervical cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So Pittman has even donated her eggs to her long-time massage therapist and close friend Brad Foster. So Brad is in a same-sex relationship and he and his partner now have a child called uh, Mowley, I think it's pronounced. So Yana is involved in their lives and is called Auntie Yana. How about that? So Yana is now happy and content with her life, which is great to see, and she has even now, (laughs) I don't know how she gets time to find, time to do all this, joined the Army Reserve. Wow. Yeah, and she's so she's a very busy lady and feels she has lived five lives in her 39 years. Yeah. Well, she certainly, uh, I would give her an overachiever badge. Oh, Gold yeah. star, five stars, gold star overachiever reward. Mm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of the public, they were just jealous of her, to be honest, like her intelligence, her athleticism, and she was a fast talker. Yeah, and know? I think just uh, the, the fact that, um, you know, she's put, she, as, as you said, um, you know, that she put herself out there in the public eye. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and... You know, there's a, I think there's a fine line between letting the media in mm. uh, and shutting things down, you know. That's and, right. and it's like, um, you know, um, there's, there's so you know, there's so many. I mean, um, I'm thinking of, uh, you never really heard a lot about um, the, fa- our, what's his name, the famous boxer? Um, Amana. Oh, Jeff Fennick. Jeff Fennick. I mean, yeah. you know. Full of where are they now, guest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like. <laughs> Um, you know, those sort of guys, they closed their media down and, and kept a tight rein on it um, after, you know, their things. And, uh, you know, Costa Zoo has done the same, uh, like yeah. we were talking earlier, um, and has put his son up front and centre and even he's taught his son to have a, you know, a media presence but not let it go uh, off off script type of thing. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a big lesson. I mean, Yana was going through that age. Uh, we have to remember that. It was, you know, the, the birth of MySpace, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was the birth of all that sort of stuff. So um, the media uh, bun fight and all that sort of stuff, you know, it mm. was just, um, you know, scrabbling for any little bit of drama or whatever because there's people out there that, uh, you know, that love to dredge up shit mm. um, and all that sort of stuff. So it's interesting that she was going through that period of time when we were becoming very most uh, media... Savvy, well, not savvy, but starting to understand about you know public media and mm. and all the different bits and pieces of what it involves, you know. So, yeah, that's right. Um, and she was, you know, she she had to weather that storm, if you like. Yeah. Well, so. I saw um, yeah, Shane Warne, yeah, when he was interviewed by um Robert Craddock on Fox Sports. Yeah, and he, see, yeah. once again, he was yeah. at the birth of all that as well. When, yeah. When um, 
you know, your personal life started to become unravelling. You know, we all thought, you know, the media stars thought, oh, well, it's great, I can I can advertise about myself and, and whatever mm. on these sort of forums. Yeah. But, you know, there, we didn't realise, or they didn't realise, the double-edged sword that that could be, yeah. you know, letting people into your lives. And, but, he, you know, but he struggled with fame, you know, because it just came upon him so quickly. Correct. And he said, you know, well, there was never, you know, he was never given a, a textbook on how to deal with yes. fame and... Yep. You know, what you should say no and yes to. And I mean, who would have ever thought there was a job of being, you know, a media trainer or, um, mm. or a media coach and all this sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. Not only do you have a coach for your cricket and all the rest of these days, but, you know, now you have um, a whole entourage of, you know, a media coach. Oh, and, yeah. You know, a people that tweet, tweet, tweet for you or Facebook for you and all this B- sort of stuff. Public, yeah. Publicists. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and mm. you've got a publicist as well, yeah. you know, which, you know, oversees all of that again. You know, it's mm. just like... Wow, and you know people like Yana Pittman and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they weren't educated for all that sort yeah. of thing. I mean, it was just uh, open slather for them. Uh, well, when cricket teams would go away in the past, you know, and when they're on what, tour, what, what they, on, they had what? a coach. No, sorry, they had a um, a coach. Well, a lot of them didn't have a coach. The only coach they went on was the one to and from the ground. Yeah, but yeah. they'd have the captain and the manager. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. Now yeah. they've got, gosh, there's like three times more. You know, staff than players. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> and a lot of that's to do with the, this whole media uh, side of things. You know, yeah. so it's a, it's um, you know, somebody that's going to look after the Instagram accounts for them, and somebody's going to do the the uh, mm. the Facebook, and somebody that does that. And, I mean, I'm showing my age about MySpace because I mean, I don't know if anybody worries about MySpace, <laughs> but you know, t- the Twitter, all the Twitter handles, you know, the ACB tw- Twitter handle, you have got the ACB Twitter handle, and you. Like that, uh, the guy that we lost his captainship before the Ashes. Oh, Tim year. Payne. Tim yeah. Payne, you know, um, once again, that was, you know, uh, not understanding <coughs> of what and how the, that media stuff can work. Yeah. Um, you know, and somebody finding about, you know, even though it was all settled and done and dusted outside of things, uh, A, the woman still wanted an extra bit of blood, um, mm. and B, uh, you know, gave it to some crappy reporter and... Um, uh, could see his five minutes of fame, and off yeah, he went, and then right. brought it up into the media again. So yeah, amazing. Okay, so let's look at the year two thousand four in review now. So George W. Bush, he wasn't a very popular president, here, but <laughs> surprisingly, he was re-elected as U.S. president for a second term. But the big uh, event that happened in two thousand four was the Boxing Day tsunami. Yeah, so according to the peoplehistory.com, the strong, it was the strongest earthquake in 40 years and originated in the Indian Ocean, close to Indonesia, and measured 9.3 on the Richter scale. And it created tsunami waves that swept the coastlines of Sri Lanka, India, Bangladesh, the Maldives, Burma, Thailand, Malaysia and Indonesia. And at least 290,000 people died. From South Asia to South Africa. Wow. Yeah. So apparently I was telling Glenn this last week that the amount of energy it produced, it actually caused an earthquake in um, the other side of the world in Alaska. There was enough energy to power all of America for 375 years. I think it was. Yep. Yep. Enough power. It was equivalent to 550 thousand million Hiroshima bombs. <laughs> okay. And it was the third largest um, earthquake ever. 
from memory. Wow. Yeah. So there's 100 foot waves. And the, the speed of the waves approaching Sri Lanka is like 550 miles per hour. <laughs> Unbelievable. You would need to have a speed suit on if you're surfing that oh. one, Glenn. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. So apparently the earthquake went for like eight, between eight and ten minutes. Right, hence the, the velocity of the time. Oh, light. unbelievable. Yeah, right. So yeah, it was like 30 kilometres roughly under the bottom of the sea. And it was the India-Burma plates rubbing against each other. So it was just off that coast, about 100 k's off the coast of uh, Band Arche. You know, that, that was the one that was just, they, they were just wiped out nearly instantly, really. Band Arche? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, in Indonesia there. Yes, but most Australians died in Thailand. Yes, so, and three in Sri Lanka. So I remember when I went to Phuket and I was telling Glenn this, you would never have known there'd been a tsunami there. Yeah. I could not believe that they had built, rebuilt it that, in that amount of time. Yep. But they did show, I remember seeing on the walls, the actual height of the waves. Wow. Yeah. And I've seen on YouTube in that Bangalore Road area, because I used to go down there, because I, <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, unbelievable how it just went through there and just wiped out a huge number of shops. And I was I was living up, as I said, in Karatha at that time, mm. and um, we'd had a massive Christmas party. We'd had a strangers a scrounger's Christmas at our house, mm. and it was it was an absolute fantastic day. And we tended not to have the radio on. We, we were listening to music and things like that. Um, and uh, we switched on the news and heard uh, stuff about the tsunami, um, you know, because you're 600 miles in from the coast uh, yeah. where we were uh, at uh, Mount Tom Price. Sorry, not Carrather, Mount Tom Price. And um, so, yeah, we're 600 k's in from the, uh, the sea there. And uh, one of our guys um, that we knew, we knew was uh, bragging about how they'd just purchased a, a villa in Bali. Yeah. And they had a holiday villa in Bali. And we'd watched the news and we knew that they hadn't. And we said, how's the villa going in Bali? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, why? What? You know, we've only just bought it. Bought it. I said, well, you realise that they've just had a tsunami come through mm. and the look on his face was priceless. His sort of yeah. bottom lot dripped and all the rest of it because I think they'd spent, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 grand or something, you know, deposit or whatever on this place. Yeah. And, um, you know, to retire to it, it was like, well, well, what do you mean? I said you wouldn't want to be having it on the coast. Yeah. So I, that's that's the point that made it uh, very real for me uh, that time. Mm. And then we started to see um, uh, what had actually happened. Uh, so yeah, that, that 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 was just terrible. And you know, it was seeing, nine point three on the Richter scale. Yeah, and seeing those steam locomotives on the coastal rail line, I can't remember which island. Oh was. yes, Sri Lanka. And, it, yeah. and it was just picked the tr- whole steam engine and whatever, and just picked it up and threw it through the jungle. Yeah, with people on it and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I, so that, that that was just heartbreaking, mm. you know. And uh, to see, just um, you know, the front end loaders unfortunately picking up. The bodies and things like that. Oh, I mean, incredible. that was just incredible. Yeah, very, very yeah. tragic and sad. Oh, very. Yeah, but it's it's sad that these um, disasters affect the poor much more. You know, they always, pretty much most of the time, it always happens in third world countries. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like big earthquakes in Haiti and, yeah, like, you know, we're just so lucky. Like I, one of the other episodes I was talking about might have been 1989. I, was, I remember the Newcastle earthquake. Yep. So I was in the Blue Mountains, you know, where I grew up. I was in my dad's shop at the time. He owned the chemist shop in town. Yep. And I just remember being in there and just things shaking on all the shelves. And I'm going, what's going on here? And it didn't even occur to you that it was an earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until I got home and my family had the news on. Oh, there's been an earthquake. That was probably, oh, you know, 250 k's away from the epicentre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like I think 12 people died or something in Newcastle. Yeah. But, oh, geez, when it happens underwater and we... Just recently had the one in Tonga, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, and look, and they're still in recovery mode. Yeah, um, you know, and uh, the fr- we, it, it brings it back to the fr- fragility of our life when you think mm. about what's happened to the um, phone line. You know, the underwater phone cable. Yeah, um, you know, and they've got to get the ship from Papua New Guinea. They've got to load it to at um, uh, not Samoa, um, the other one. Anyway, the stuff they've got to pick up and then go off to um, mm. Samoa. Uh, sorry, Tonga, um, and it's it's just um, it's 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 unreal. I mean, you know, we've got all this satellite technologies and all that sort of stuff, but apparently the lack of sat phones—they didn't have any mini sat phones yeah. uh, on uh, the Solomon Islands and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, well, you know, uh, where was Elon Musk? I mean, what a great advert for his Jeez. technologies with his uh, you know, communications. Skylink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, and the fragility and and the, just the know trying to get the airport clean and you know and the poor bug is trying to sweep the airport with ash still coming down mm. um and and uh, volcanic ash uh it, it's it's very um, necrotic on your body um, yeah on either on the outside or on the inside it's like being around a fire and somebody blowing you know ashes off a fire to you could you imagine that happening you know 24 7 mm. after that uh, explosion goes yeah i mean uh, all those sorts of things it just um it can sap your strength. I mean, of course, they, all their water supplies are being polluted and communications are down and all the rest of it. So the psychological... And then they've got, on top of all of this, is once again, and I don't hate mentioning it, it was the COVID threat that they're trying to worry about with all, with all, COVID. With, with all the stuff that's coming in, um, <laughs> that they're worrying about, you know, the spread of that because they haven't had it there. Yeah. You know, uh, which, is, which is, you know, it's... it's uh, My heart goes out for them. Yeah, well, no, we... I had the buzzer because um, a few weeks ago, we, Glenn and I were so sick of COVID, weren't we? Yep. That yep. For that episode, we banned the word COVID. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I am sorry. No, you can mention it today. Yeah, no, it's just right. because it's, it's, a, it's a factor of what's happening. Oh, exactly. Things, so, yeah. yeah. But no, that getting back to that. Uh, well, it's got to be, I know in my lifetime, like, you know, COVID's probably the biggest thing that's happened, mm-hmm. biggest event, probably this. Tsunami probably be number two, I reckon. Yeah, and September eleven. Yeah, definitely the three biggest events in my lifetime. Maybe Princess Diana dying. I was going to say Princess Di. I was one, watching a thing. The and one the thing other, I've the other watched thing was the Japanese tsunami. Oh yeah, that shocked yeah, me. Yeah, uh, watching how far that actually went inland. Mm. Um, you know, um, <clears throat> I mean, they had boats and stuff that were like eighty kilometers inland, mm. um, which I found just astounding. You know, but the thing um, there. Although it was devastating, they were much more prepared. What this tsunami did was prepare them better for when a tsunami yeah. came. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, they came up with these um, warning messages and yeah. even in Phuket now, you know, there's signs like yeah. saying that, you know, because 8,000-odd people died in Thailand alone yep. on the mm. Boxing Day tsunami. So they're saying, you know, if there's an alarm, they say straight away, you've got to move to Thai high ground. ground. Well, yeah. see, they, did, they, they had no idea. I mean, when the mm. tide went down... Uh, not even the, not many locals or anything were educated about. Oh, look mm. at the tidal going disappearing. Oh, and they started yeah, to run out it. to that's it. You that's know? what attracted them out there. Yeah, and yeah. and all of a sudden, oh well, there's a wall of water coming to us. Yeah. Um, and you know, to me that that would be frightening. I mean, but it was more the not so much the first wave that killed everyone. It was more the second and the third. Yeah, it was more powerful. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, that caused a lot of the deaths and, um, yeah, yeah. But no, that one in Japan was, yeah, shocking. Yeah. Yeah, and they had tsunami walls and defences and all that sort of stuff. And uh, mm. where they'd had the defences, it was, it was pretty good. But, you know, as you said, um, you know, we've learned a hell of a lot since then. And the, um, the uh, naval oceanographic uh, thing does all the um, tsunami warnings and stuff. And, and yeah. gives us early warning. I mean, that one that just we had the other day. I mean, it was on our mm. uh, local bomb app and weather apps and stuff. Yeah, well, you got improved mm. coastal defences and mm. they've installed more, well, they call them seismometers and... Oh, so, uh, so seismic yeah. graphs and stuff, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah no, f- f- fascinating and tragic and, and, and it is yeah. sad that it hits the, um, the poorer areas of the world, but at least uh, we haven't been so callous, although, I mean... Haiti would probably be the worst exponent. Oh, yeah. They've never been able to get back on their feet again. Um, but, you know, at least in the Asian Pacific region, we tend to help our neighbours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so according to the Mystery Kids podcast, um, so, yeah, the water pulled away. Yeah, so that's what you're saying. The water pulled away from the shore and it attracted attention. And then the tsunami wall would come, you know. So, yeah, they'd just get caught in that and they wouldn't have time to get away. So, yeah, there was no warning system in place. and No education because it hadn't happened for at least, mm. was at the time, 40 to 50 years. Yeah. So the people, there wasn't too many people alive that even realised what was going on. Um, ergo, when you listen to the people with the video cameras and stuff, you know, oh, look at the water's all going away. Oh, mm. look at that. That's yeah, that's right. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh. there'd be people holding up fish and... Uh. Yeah, but apparently the ocean floor where the, where the two plates met, where the earthquake happened, the epicenter, yeah, it was lifted 130 feet. Yeah, so the debris, it was so strong, the waves, that it would just, you know, just crash through the cement, cement like, wow. yeah, like it was nothing, you know. Um, yeah, it was something like, uh, apparently the earth vibrated 0.4 of a millimetre. Gosh, yeah. But the fact that, you know, you look at a, a map of the world and people in Africa died from it, that's yep. a long bloody way. Yeah. Uh, we'll see uh, this last one, uh, people in uh, Canada and Alaska. Yeah. Uh, there was casualties and whatever up there. I mean, mm. yeah. 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 So And they called off the um, Ironman competition here in um, Sydney at Bondi Beach. Oh, did they? Yeah. 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 So Because they were frightened of uh, what was going to happen. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so moving on, the EU accepted 10 new states. This included Poland, Czech Republic, Hungary, and Queen Elizabeth II christened the RMS Queen Mary 
to the cruise liner. And it was the largest ocean liner in the world, and I think it still is today. No. Uh, no. Nah. No, there's another one. Uh, yep. Yeah. It, 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 uh, Ocean of the Seas or something. It is. It, yeah, mm. no, no. With the boom of the cruising industry, they're, yeah. just, they're massive, the ships, man. Mm. Absolutely massive. Yeah, something of the Seas, I think, is the biggest one. Yeah, oh, Voyager of the Seas. Yeah, Voyager of the Seas, yeah. I think, holds the record at the moment. But yeah. I've seen, um, you know, when I was living in Sydney, some of those massive cruise liners come in the Sydney. Yeah, they're so big because they can't fit under the Harbour Bridge uh, at high tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, you go down the Circular Quay there, and they're just massive. Yeah. Like I've been on the uh, the biggest one in the European in Europe at the time. Yep. And oh boy, that was huge. But yeah, yeah not com- nowhere near compared to the, you know Queen Mary and yeah. But no, that industry's certainly taken a hiding, hasn't it? Recent years. Yep. Yeah, so bombs on rush hour trains in Madrid, Spain, killed 190 people. Five suicide bombers blew themselves up too. Yep, and the CBS network uncovers systematic systematic torture of Iraq prisoners at Abu Ghraib prison. Abu Ghraib. Yeah. And I remember this one very fondly. Aussie Jennifer Hawkins won the Miss Universe contest. <laughs> Yes. Held in Quito, Ecuador. Now, I actually knew about her before she won this. Right. Yeah, because uh, the grand final, Big League magazine, uh, Parramatta played Newcastle in 2001. She was on the front page. And I remember reading about her. Yep. Yeah, so I knew all about her. Right. Yep. I think Donald Trump, he was the boss of uh, Miss Universe there for uh, the still contest. Owns it, yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he all, he's always said that she was um, the most, her, yeah, his favourite one. Favourite Miss Universe. Yeah. Mm. Now, a former Aussie cricketer, as we mentioned before, a media personality, Victorian coach David Hooks. He died, out, died after a dispute outside a pub in Melbourne. And the crocodile hunter, Steve Irwin, he sparked controversy by feeding a crocodile at his famous Australia Zoo while holding his one-month-old baby son, Robert. Robert's, like, in his 20s now. Jeez. He's a big lad. Yeah, he looks exactly like his dad, though, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Mm. And Hobart woman, Mary Donaldson, she married Frederick Crown Prince of Denmark. To become Mary, Crown Princess of Denmark. That was in two. Oh, that's amazing. That was yeah. in two thousand and four. Well, <laughs> she actually met him at the two thousand Olympics because she was a waitress at a pub in yeah. Sydney. Yeah, yeah. yeah and she was serving him. That's how they met. Mm. Yeah, she's very classy. Yeah, very, very. Yeah, and a bomb blast outside the Australian Embassy in Jakarta, Indonesia, killed eleven people and injured up to a hundred. 25 Australians are among those killed in the Indian Ocean tsunami, including Melbourne Demons AFL player Troy Broadbridge. So let's talk about film now. So there was Downfall. Did you ever see those movies, guys? No. Oh. (laughs) Don't watch that movie if you're feeling down the dumps. Right. Yeah, because it's um, based on Hitler's last days. Right. (laughs) It was great seeing Hitler die. Yeah. Yeah, just... uh, 
But one thing, you go on YouTube and I'll see if I can find some, there'll be a vision of it. You know, Hitler's there in his bunker and he's giving all these, you know, staff and the biggest verbal tongue lashing you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yes. It, it became a meme. It became a meme. And, yeah. and people put other things in it about football games. Yeah, about Parramatta while they haven't won a comp. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That oh, was very, very so good. So funny. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah, every every time there was this massive failure anywhere around the world or whatever, somebody had overdub it and uh, yeah. put the title across the bottom. You know what he was That's saying. Right. You know, yeah, it was very very clever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very good movie though. Yeah. And the Passion of the Christ. It was Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson directed yeah. that, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, uh, controversially had it in uh, done in the language of uh, their time. That's right. And yeah. um, yeah, that and the you know. Uh, it was interesting that the Catholic Church and everything uh, protested about it because um, he his family is part of the Opus Dei movement, mm. which is a, a sect out of the um, Vatican. Yeah. So uh, it was quite interesting. That Raised they a lot of controversy. That certainly movie, did, and, I, and I, yeah. I think the world was better off for it as well. I, mm. I think it was a great movie, even though it was a bit of fiction. Uh, anyway, I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the, the best movies, one of the best sporting movies, yeah, Million, million Dollar Baby. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Hilary yep. Schwank. Mm. Yep. He's yep. just gone and started another movie, uh, I think it was on Boxing Day. Mm. He's gone into production of another movie on Boxing Day. He's 91 years of age. Unbelievable. Yep, yep. Yeah. I actually, when I was in America years ago, I actually went to uh, Carmel, the town where, that he was the... Mayor of. The mayor of, yeah. Yeah, it's a nice town. Oh. Yep, yep. Yeah, on the uh, west coast there. Uh, Man on Fire. Now, I think I only saw that movie recently on Netflix. Yep. Yeah, Denzel Washington, and it's where he uh, hijacks a hospital. No, not hijacks. He takes a lot of them hostage to save his child. Yes. Yeah, move that, the child that, up on the... That was right before he went to prison, wasn't it, that movie? Yeah, well, I never knew he went to prison. It might have been yeah. until you you told me or Glenn told me. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 never knew that. Yeah. No, so yeah. he's a great actor, and I'm, I love the stuff that he's doing. Oh, now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Equalizer has been beautiful. Mm. Yep. And Hotel Rwanda, that was a great movie too. It was about the uh, oh the genocide in uh, that happened in Rwanda in 1994. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the Terminal with uh, Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, that was a great movie. A Man Without a Country. That's right. So, yeah. Someone did a, did a mock-up of um, the tennis play in the Terminal 2. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about um, uh, my jocks itch. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, I reckon I've had experiences like that, like yeah. uh, Tom Hanks in the Terminal where yeah. you're stuck in an airport for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, out of your brain. and The... the, the there was a guy, he was in, he'd been in Melbourne for a week and he flew back he flew back to Sydney and he brought some noise cancelling headphones. Yeah. And halfway through the flight the plane had to return to Melbourne. So when the plane landed he thought he was in Sydney. Yeah. He got out of Sydney. <laughs> got, 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 got into the airport and the, the yeah, the light on the counter waving and saying hello again. Oh, yeah, 
Hey. She looks familiar to the person in, in Melbourne. And it wasn't until they walked out the front door when they saw the big sign, Melbourne. They turned around <laughs> and went back to the desk and said, What happened? <laughs> <laughs> they said, Yeah, they're really good at they're really good um noise head cancelling at plans. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh Oh yeah. Fifty first dates. I love. I only watched that the other day yeah, for the first that, time. The in Dubbo. I, I, I love that movie. It, it was in that. What was his name again? The uh, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. That's Andrew Sandler. Barrymore. Big. Yeah. Uh, that that I I believe that, that that's the ultimate love movie mm. because when you love someone that has problem like that, just to just to be able to create their family and yeah you know, to do what he did. Yeah. That was just sort of... And yeah. now we have Glenn's romantic time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another great sporting movie. The, Dodgeball. Yeah. I've got that at home. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. It's oh. another Adam Sandler, isn't it? Oh, no, it's got... um, What's his name? Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, I know his Ben Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller. <laughs> and, yeah, and um, the other guy. Yeah. Well, we really oh, Google yeah. it. Google it. Oh, the guy with the blonde hair and the broken nose. No, no, no. He he, he does move it. Vince. Vince Stiller, is it? Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, oh, that's okay. right. Vin, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. You haven't seen it? Oh, no, I haven't great seen movie. that. No, yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, it's, it's good. Mm. Yeah, so looking at TV now, Australian Idol. I think Casey Donovan won it that year. She was about 17 years of age. Yeah. I, I, I love Casey Donovan. I follow yeah. her today, and uh, I love watching mm. her spur of the moments things over I think she's just an absolutely beautiful lady. Mm. Yeah. Well, I remember that watching that because I used to watch it, and she got better and better as the show went on, didn't she? Yeah, and Pretty now much. she's just a, a, a she's got a place in Australia. Everybody's Australian heart, and mm. um, what a musician she is, and all the rest of it. She's I love her. Aboriginal, <laughs> and yep, and yeah. uh, bigger lady, and all that sort of stuff, and, mm. and rocks it for the bigger people out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, love her. I think she's yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Ramsey's Kitchen. Oh, I used to love watching his blow-ups. <laughs> Gordon Ramsey. Yeah. First time that we watched a TV program where it didn't have the beeps. Yeah. But so that, that's what it's <clears throat> often like when you're working in a kitchen. Like, yeah. I remember when I was in year 10, I um, worked in this kitchen and he was this French chef. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God, scared out of my wits. Yeah. yeah. If you were like a second late, he'd be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate. And um, Sea Change and Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim. Mm. They stormed the world. They eh? took the world by storm. Kath yeah. and Kim. Yeah. I want to oh. be effluent, Mum. Effluent. You are, Kim. You are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, look at music now. So it was. Dropping. Oh, you, hey? you forgot Doc Martin. Oh, Doc Martin. Oh, oh Doc I love Martin. Doc Martin. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yep. Yeah, I've uh, never seen every episode. I'll, I'll get there one I've, day. I've, I've binged that, and it's uh, very, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it's funny because he's this. You know, you see him on, um, 
the show. And then he's on his Yeah, what's his show. name? Martin Clunes. Martin Clunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like on the show, he's this, you know, nasty, growly doctor. Well, he's yeah. autistic. He has autism. Yeah. He plays, he plays a role Scared of, of blood. And yeah, 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 yeah. But in real life, you know, he's like the nicest bloke you'll ever, yeah. ever see. Because yeah. he... But, but the, because the first show I saw him in was men behaving badly. Yeah, and I thought it was—I thought it was a copy of me, my old mate Simsy. I thought because <laughs> he hosts these doco shows, yeah, you know, where he goes. It, and he loves yeah. horses. He loves his horses. Yeah, and he, he a lot of um, travelling shows around the UK, and yeah. just yeah. having the time of his life, you know. And yeah. yeah, but I think that's one of the funny things of that show's just. <laughs> How rude he is, eh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll look at uh, music now. So it was Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg. Right. Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. She, she won American Idol. That's right. First yep. American Idol, yep. didn't she? Yep. Yeah, one of my great bands I love, Five for Fighting, 100 Years, and My Immortal by Ever... Evanescence, Evanescence. Yep. yeah. Yeah, haven't heard of them for a while. Yeah, so looking at sporting events now, so Aussie cricket legend Steve Waugh, he played his 168th and final test match at the Sydney Cricket Ground against India. And according to the book, Australian Sport Through Time, it was the record by any player at that time. Yes, yeah, so Sachin Tendulkar, I think he holds the record now. He's played like 200 test matches. Mm. So the series was tied one all. Later in the year, though, Australia conquered the final frontier when they won the series in India with a 362-run win in the third test in Nagpur. Yeah, it was the first time an Australian side had won in India since Bill Laurie captained the side to victory in 1969. Yeah, so that series was famous because, yeah... Like, apparently a lot of the Australian players never played again after that. Right. Because the Australian cricket board used to treat their players so badly that they'd just put them in these run-down joints, you know, where today mm. they stay in, you know, five-star and, you know, best of the best. Where back then they could have stayed in nice places, but the Aussie cricket board just put them in, uh. you know... Rodent-infested places and they'll yeah. coming down, you know, with all sorts of diseases. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And straight from there, they went and toured South Africa. Yep. You know, so they've gone from spinning wickets in India to fast, bouncy wickets in South Africa and South Africa flogged them. Yeah. Uh, and that's that sort of began the, the beginnings of uh, World Series cricket. Yeah. The suppliers just were so pissed off with the board. Yeah. And that's when uh, the Saviour Kerry uh, Packer came in. <coughs> well, yeah, well, Ian Chappell, he took over the captaincy from yep. Bill Laurie, I think, not long after that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, young Michael Clark was one of the stars of the tour, scoring a magnificent 151 runs on debut. And claiming six wickets for nine runs yeah, in the uh, third test. In Sheffield Shield cricket, South Australia were bowled all out for 29 runs during their clash with New South Wales at the Sydney Cricket Ground. And this is a bloke I know. Yeah, 
Former Aussie left arm quick Nathan Bracken. He claimed seven wickets for four runs. <laughs> he, he played for Australia as well, mm. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Bracken. I, yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew him. He was a student when I was a teacher. Ah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I did some coaching with him. and Yeah. But he was, yeah, gun bowler. Yeah. Even at that age, you know. What could have been your uh, cricket uh <laughs> what could have been, Paul? What could have been? Yeah. And swimmer Craig Stevens made a great sacrifice by standing down from the 400 metre freestyle at the Athens Olympics to free up a spot for his teammate, Ian Thorpe. And during the selection trials, world champion Thorpe fell off the blocks in the heats, and Ian Thorpe went on to win gold in the event at the Olympics. Now, rape allegations were levelled at several Canterbury NRL players after a pre-season trip to Coffs Harbour. Now, the charges were eventually dropped. However, the club had gained a poor reputation. So I actually stayed at that place, the Novotel there in Coffs Harbour. Yeah, where that happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the charges were dropped. Yeah, the Bulldogs put it behind them to go on and win the NRL Premiership, defeating the Sydney Roosters in the grand final, 16 points to 13, Brad Fittler's final match. Yeah, he was in my year at school. Yeah, Bulldogs captain Steve Price missed the game due to injury. However, a young Jonathan Thurston handed his Premiership ring to him. New South Wales, inspired by Brad Fittler, won the State of Origin series in the decider in Sydney. And Aussie soccer legend Johnny Warren, or Captain Socceroo, passed away from a two-year battle with lung cancer. And Aussie cricket legend Keith Miller also passed away, aged 84. And the flamboyant all-rounder, he was part of the 1948 Invincible side. And he was also a fighter pilot, fighter pilot in Europe in World War II. Now, <laughs> Keith Miller, he was asked once... Um, how, do you, how did you deal with pressure when, when you're a cricketer? What did you do? How did you best deal with it? And Keith Miller would go, pressure? Gosh, pressure's when you've got a, a Heza Schmidt up your, up your backside. <laughs> you know those German fighter planes, what they call them? Heza Schmidt, yeah. 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 Pressure's when you've got a Measure Schmidt up your backside. <laughs> M E one oh nine measurement up your backside. Yeah, the pressure in cricket's nothing compared to that. Yeah. Yeah, so the Olympic Games, they were held in Athens, Greece, and according to Nicola Chandler in the book Olympic World, the history of the Olympic Games, there were over ten thousand five hundred athletes from two hundred and one nations. And at the opening ceremony, the nations came into the main stadium arranged according to the Greek alphabet. Yeah, an emotional high point of the parade was the entrance of a team from Afghanistan with female competitors. For the first time. Yeah. And at the first modern Olympics in Athens in 1896, so this is how far it's come, there were 241 athletes from 14 nations. Wow. You know how many competitors Australia had? No. One. Wow. And he won Edwin Flack. He won the 800 metres at the track and the 1500 metres. Yeah, uh, and he's got like a at the Olympic Park in Sydney. He's got a main road there named after him. Right. Yeah, Edwin Flack Drive. Well, I bet she doesn't there. take any flack over that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So one of the stars of the games was middle distance runner Heshamel Garouj, who became the first runner since 1924 to win both the 1500 and five, yeah, so 1500 metres and the 5000 metres. And British runner Kelly Holmes won gold in the 800 metres and the 1500 metres. Swimmer Michael Phelps won eight medals, six gold, two bronze. So he began his gold crusade. Now, Greek athletes Costantino Kanteris and Ekaterini Thanu. Do you know them? They were supposed to be the favourites for something in an event and whatever. Mm. Yeah. One of them never turned up. That's right. One of them never turned up and was supposed mm. to be the favourite and the other one was done for drugs or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what happened, they withdrew from the Games after allegedly staging a motorcycle accident to avoid a drug test. That's right, yeah. So I was at the Sydney Olympics. I was there that night when um, when Kenteris won the 200 metres gold. Right. Yeah. Now, whenever a white man wins a gold medal, you know, you got to think there's something going on. Was, was that uh, the Greek Olympics? Was that also the place where they had all the problems with the uh, the walking uh, things, where they had the lifting, where some of the favourites were taken out by the Greek uh, by the international umpires for the lifting when they were doing the walk? You know, oh no, that was Sydney. That was yeah, Sydney. James Savile. Yeah, okay. For, uh, former, uh, where are they now, guest? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I just I, for some reason I had a, a, another. I thought that was another. I, there was, Pretty well much the Greek Olympic set was scandal from yeah. start to finish. No, well, what it was, it was the lead-up to it. Yeah, right. Because a lot of the venues um, weren't being built in time. Yeah. Yeah, and you should, like, um, see the venues there now. Yeah, they're just white elephants right. overgrown by plants. and. Yeah, right. Yeah. In another hundred years, they'll be uh, thought to be, you know, from the turn of... Uh, uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter who I was going to say, from Greek mythology. Yeah. Right? Yep, that's right. Now, um, oh, it generally went well, but it was just, yeah, the lead-up to it was just a farce, yep. you know. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of the paint hadn't dried by the time it started and, uh. yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the shot put was held in the ancient Olympia site of the ancient Olympic Games. I never knew that. The archery competition and both men's and women's marathon Finish lines were held in the Panathenaic Stadium, where the 1896 Games were held, the first Bond Olympics. Panathenaic. So, yeah, there was a Brazilian, we spoke about in another episode, there was a, the Brazilian marathon runner. He was leading pretty much a whole way. He'd nearly won the race, and he's coming into that old stadium there. Because it's not shaped like a normal Olympic, you know, around stadium. It yep. was like... Big, long straights and yep. narrow corners. You know, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and someone came out of the crowd and grabbed him and he ended up winning the bronze and, yeah, he accepted it with grace, you know. Wow. Yeah. But, oh, jeez, he'd be peeved off, wouldn't you? Yeah. So, yeah, it was a very successful Olympics for Australia who won, who became the first country in Olympic history to win gold medals immediately. So they won 17 after hosting the Olympics at home, where they won 16 in Sydney. So some of the Aussies who excelled were swimmers Jody Henry, Patria Thomas, and Grant Hackett. He overcame illness to win the 1500 metres freestyle, defending his gold medal win from Sydney. 
And Ian Thorpe became Australia's greatest Olympian after claiming his ninth medal. I think Emma McKeon, she's the greatest Olympian now after Tokyo. Yeah. And, yeah, he defeated defending Olympic champion Peter Van Hoogenband from Netherlands in the 200 metres freestyle and Michael Phelps and then went on, yeah, yeah, to win gold in the 400. Yeah, the spot Stevens gave up for for um, Craig Stevens. He gave up for Thorpe. So Australia excelled in cycling after a recent drugs controversy, winning six gold medals. Ryan Bailey, a junk food addict, defeated world champion Theo Boss in the sprint final and also won the Kieran event. Anna Mears became the first Aussie woman to win Olympic gold at track, winning the 500-metre time trial. There was great success in the diving with six medals, including one goal to Chantelle Newbury. And it's sad to see what's happened to her. She um, she spent time in prison now. Right, yes, yeah, I thought the name the rang a bell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so hopefully, you know, she gets her life back on track. Yeah, and there's some great results in team sports, such as silver in the women's softball and basketball. And, and of course, the hockey. Yeah, and well, a silver medal in baseball. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, right. With, okay. This was the men, you know, because yep. you think, like, you know, Cuba and America and, yeah, to yeah, get Japan. a silver. Yeah, Herculean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although it's mainly amateur baseball, you know, at the Olympics, isn't it? I think. Yes, a 17-year-old Maria Sharapova defeated defending champion Serena Williams in straight sets. She makes a grunt, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> she she's a grunter, yep, yep. Yeah. Now, according to topendsports.com, she became the third youngest woman to win the Wimbledon title. Roger Federer won Wimbledon, the Australian Open, and defeated Aussie Leighton Hewitt in straight sets in the US Open final. Phil Mickelson won the Masters and claimed his first major title. And Fijian, Vijay Singh, won the US PGA, his second major. Yeah. And in motorsport. Oh, we're up to motorsport now, Glenn. Vroom! Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Schumacher. Season in 2004. 13 of the 18 races claiming the Formula One title. Again. Again. Yes. He was named the last. Larius, yeah. Larius World Sportsman of the Year. Love Uh, love Schumacher. He was a polarising character at the time. mm. Um, I didn't like him at the time when he was winning and racing and all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, but, you know, to hear... The, just the sheer effort that he used to put into his racing off the track, um, mm. and now also what's happened. Uh, uh, I but before he, that he had that accident, the sheer determination mm. of that driver, that man, and the, and his brother as well, um, and uh, and how he got his brother into racing and all the rest of it. I dips me lid. I mean, the guy was mm. was, and unfortunately isn't any, anymore a machine. Yeah, um, the dedication to everything, and he threw himself into his life was. Amazing. Just amazing, isn't it? You yeah. Know, you think uh, after that incredible career he had in 
It's a driver. Yeah, and a skiing yeah. accident and whatever, yeah. No, I think he's been in a coma for over 10 years now, at least. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it was interesting, his, yeah. The devotion of his wife and whatever they had him. Oh, yeah. Had her on something uh, a long time ago and they asked her some questions about how he's going and whatever and uh, she just glared at him and it's like, you know, you don't go there. Yeah. That's, that's not a question we talk about. So. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, well, uh, you know how you were talking about how he – polarised a lot of people. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing an episode on on uh, uh, villains who turned into heroes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Would, well, perfectly. I mean, you know, mm. yeah. I mean, we've got, and, and then you've got heroes that are turning into villains. Like, oh, uh, the, exactly. The current, rate, <coughs> what's the current guy that's out there now, mate? The the guy, the young fella, the English boat? The current uh, GP guy? They're fighting it out too. Oh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. He's turned from a, a goodie into the uh, sort of um, mm. not a media darling so much anymore. Yeah. You know, and uh, Kimi Räikkönen, um, you know, mm. he's just turning – I mean, he's always been hard to get along with the media, but he's he's getting worse in his old age as well. Yeah. You know, so. Well, Jana Pittman, you know, she's turned into a villain. She was well, turned she into was. a villain, and then now, now, now look at her, yeah. she's an icon. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think the one – Probably the biggest one that comes to my mind is um, Leighton Hewitt. Yep. You know, because <laughs> at the start of his career, he was this brash, you know, and hardly anyone could stand him, you know. And yep. then, yeah, gosh. Mm. Yeah, he's just admired so much now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he'd always put country first. Yeah. And what else to round out the sports, sir? Oh, where are we up to? The women's sport, sportswoman. Award went to oh Annika Sorensen. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Well, the Aussie yeah. cricket team won one year. Yeah, it's a massive award. It's the yeah. biggest sporting award. They're the biggest sporting awards in the world. Larius, yeah, yeah. Aussie Chad Chad Reed won his first US Supercross. Yeah, I've lost my space. <laughs> oh, the Supercross championship. Yeah, in Las Vegas, according to the. Book Australian Sports Through Time. He claimed the world's richest motocross event champion, claiming the little, sorry, my tongue tied this week, um, (laughs) claiming the title and $10,000, sorry, $100,000 US prize money. Now, I think it was the there was an Australian doing the the the, the Dakar rally. Yeah, he was being punished for either being too slow or too quick. Uh, now, just recently, yeah, yeah the uh, Australian guy. Um, yeah, I I, I I didn't actually understand what they're trying. It sounded like he got punished for being too quick. Yeah, but over a sector, and I, I didn't uh, get that. But, oh, okay. But but then he got punished for doing the, another sector too slow. Yeah. So he's now he's now uh, he went from third. He was in third, and now he's in fifth. I think. Yeah. I heard yesterday. Yeah. So I mean, you know, uh, I suppose they just didn't want him to win again because it would have been his third mm. time, fourth time. Yeah. Because yeah. he was already a three times world champion. So. Yeah. yeah. It, it it made the Yamaha rider the highest paid Aussie in motorsport. And the Bathurst, 1,000. Who won the Bathurst 2004? Greg Murphy and Rick Kelly. Hey. Defended the, the title 
defended their 2003 title driving Kmart racing team, Holden Commodore, its sixth consecutive title, Holden for Holden and the new record. Valentino Rossi won MotoGP championship. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the answer yeah. to Come on, work work your bugger. <laughs> work your bugger. <laughs> We've had a okay. technical hitch. Yeah, okay. Well I think everyone knows the answer anyway. <laughs> How much? <laughs> yep. Mr. Costa Zoo. Costa Zoo. Costa How much? Zoo. How much did the zoo cost? <laughs> I wonder how many times he's had that thrown at him, Glenn. Oh, that might have been the first time. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about? What are you, what's on the next episode? Well, we can go the 2007 or do another special episode. Well, Josh, yeah, mate. Oh, I reckon, uh, yeah, we'll go 2007. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll hit that on the head next week. Okay, so thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sports Shack. So it's a goodbye from Paul. It's a goodbye from Glenn. Goodbye, and it's a goodbye from John. (laughs) And he's leaving the Sports Shack. And it's a goodbye from me. (laughs) Please check out the Sports Shack on Facebook if you like this, for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.